Hello and welcome to Take Me Through Your Day. On this episode, we have a university groundskeeper. Uh, there's a lot of interesting and, and just very good information uh, about this field, if this is something you'd want to get into. And also, towards the end, there's a nice little section on longboarding that I just find fascinating. I think you really enjoy this episode. As usual, if you know someone or you would like to be on the show, you can reach us at takemetyd at gmail.com or at takemetyd on all social media. Uh, enjoy the show. So I am a greenskeeper, so I do the maintenance. And with time, of course, you know, you can move up, you can become an assistant superintendent, and then you can become the superintendent. That's kind of the chain of command as it comes through the university, and that's how it is through a lot of golf courses as well. But as a university, you deal with more than just one type of playing surface. So you're dealing with the soccer field, you're dealing with the baseball field, you're dealing with artificial turf, real turf, you know, all that kind of stuff. So as a greenskeeper, my job is to do the lower end kind of stuff, because I'm still pretty early on in my career. But for the most part, it is some of the more crucial ends of that point. Okay, well, what I was stumbling over a minute ago was um, this ha- This has something to do with what you went to college for. Correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. Or so, going to college. So you're currently in college, right? Yeah, so I graduate in May, and I have a degree. I'll, I will have a degree in turf management. Turf management. Okay, yes. I want to back up just a little bit before we get into it. Um, in high school, did you have a general idea of what you wanted to do? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I, thought, I thought I was going to be doing physics or, or engineering and... Okay, so let's go from there. You graduate high school, then what? What's the next thought? What's the move? So I graduated high school, and I was working at a movie theater, and then I came to school, and I dropped my physics class, my introductory physics class, to take horticulture, because the physics class, I read bad things about the professor, and I got shied away from it. So I took horticulture. It's like, oh, I need a science credit. Like This will be sufficient. Take it. Love the class. Declare my major in winemaking. Okay. Do the year as winemaking, and then I come home to the West Coast, and I work for a golf course, and I loved it. Mm. So I switched my concentration, same major, just different concentration, from winemaking to turf management, and then I've just I've been there since. Just stuck with it. Yeah. So right, well, those are that closely related, mm-hmm. winemaking and turf management? Yeah, because horticulture is just the general science and very practical management of plants in general. Okay, so that's that's the general innovation. Yeah, so I mean, you okay. can do anything from landscape architecture to winemaking, turf management, nursery management, whatever. There's you know, 10 or 15 different concentrations in that major. Was there a specific thing that while you were taking these classes that really stood out to you that, that got you excited about it to kind of focus on that? Yeah, and it was actually, it wasn't even turf management. It was irrigation that really, really got me hooked on it. Right. Turf management was kind of just kind of like an introductory, like, hey, like, this this field is really cool. And then, so I did that, and then I took a irrigation, just a basic irrigation class on landscape irrigation. Really liked the class, got offered an internship in Texas doing that. I'd be an irrigation te- technician down in Dallas for the summer, so I did that. Loved it, absolutely loved it. So that's kind of the angle I've been pursuing lately. But Okay, now... No, I, I just I'm gonna bounce around a little bit and then we'll get into your actual day. Yeah. But um, what is the end goal? You you graduate, you you have your degree. What is the ideal move? Either 
own a business, retire early. Just <laughs> my it's a, it's a great one. All right. Um, my thing is whatever I want to do, I want to be really good doing it, and I want to love doing it. That's I, I, that's the very important thing for me. I think that's an excellent goal. Yeah. What um, specifically, um, if you were to own your own business, uh, what are the types of businesses that you could get yourself into? So right now, if I were to own a business, which is, it is something that I would like to do, but I know if my career takes me in the directions, that's just, you know, the way that life goes. But if I were to own a business, I'd probably fall under the private landscaping business, just working okay. with, you know, homeowners and, and just, you know, maybe HOAs and residential properties, working from that. I'm not a big fan of commercial work, working for businesses bigger properties tends to be a bit more difficult to work with the owner. Yeah. Um, when you're working with a residential property, it's much easier to come to the owner and be like, hey, I'm working in your house. Your house is your investment. These are the problems, and this is what these problems can you know, affect your foundation. These can affect the, the sake of your home. If you tell a business owner that, they're like, oh, I don't give a, I don't give a shit about my building. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just here for 10 years and I'm moving, so... Exactly. It's much well, different. Well, I'm, I'm trying to just put a, like a, a strict differential line between, you know, someone who just gets the idea to landscape right out of high school versus yeah. someone like you who's going for the degree like whole hog. Yeah. Now you say you don't want to work on the, the larger scale. So where is that middle ground of like, I, I want to do this, but I'm also highly qualified in this particular area? Well, what I've learned in the last couple of years is it's it's not about... Like for example, if you if you if you go to a property and you land a sixty thousand dollar drainage deal, big whoop. But if you can't put that in well, if you can't do it to the point where they don't need another, they don't need somebody to come out and fix it and redo it, ten years down the line, like that's something that my education has provided me to be able to do, to be able to put in that drainage system that can last, you know, a lifetime. So this is above and beyond any kind so of it's, regular lawn maintenance type of... Exactly. For me, it's about going in, doing it efficiently, doing it effectively, and, you know, if it if it saves the, the customer a dime or two, then it does. If it doesn't, you know, that's business, but in the end, it's all about doing it right the first time. Okay, so and is it... What kind of jobs, like what... Can you list a couple of jobs that you would be doing? So you said you do, you could do drainage pipes. You could yeah. do what else? So there's irrigation installation, maintenance, repairs. Those are the big three, at least in the irrigation field. When it comes to turf management, I mean, you can do, you can do golf course construction, golf course maintenance. Um, you can go into residential landscaping, just basic stuff. You know, you come, you mow someone's lawn every week, and you you prune their rhododendrons or or what have you. You can go into arboriculture, which is just tree maintenance, which that is a whole field on its own. I'm definitely not qualified for that. Um, but there's, it's like I have this big, wide field in front of me that I get to pick and choose from. But there's a very specific area that the turf management specializes in, and that's when it comes to grass maintenance. So it's like I would be the one coming in, like fertilizing, putting in pesticides, herbicides, what have you, mowing, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so. Just just to put a button on this and then we'll get into your day, if someone was leaning towards this in college, like someone's thinking about it, what would push them over the edge? What are, what are those kind of things that would really, um, you know, spark their interest or get them uh, really excited about getting a career in this field? 
Well, the the thing that really got me interested was working. So most people just work this job seasonally. They mostly just see the summer, you know, because it's like the winter, everything dies down. It's pretty slow. But seeing how the grass goes into dormancy before the winter and it looks like it's dead, but really it's stocking up nutrients down under the ground and the roots and it's ready to just blow up in the spring. Like understanding exactly how that works to a biological standard is just blew my mind. Like I learned about all this stuff and botany and my turf science classes. And then I got this job that I work now and to see that firsthand is just mind blowing. It's, you know, just to be able to actually say like to be able to back up what I learned is yeah, incredible. Yeah, the, the, the proof right there in your yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. It makes me trust my professors a lot more. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the job now. Yeah. What just, just so we have an idea, just because you were talking about the different seasons and whatnot, mm-hmm. well, what state are you in? Currently? Like well, where, today? Where, your, your job. Where do you work? So I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I work for a university out okay. west. All right. And at this point of the year, it's a bit slower because it's December. But there's still things that need to be done. So it may not even be from a turf standpoint. So like right now, we have these um, turf tarps put down over the field because soccer is going to start up in two months or so. Mm-hmm. To keep the grass green, we put turf tarps down maybe a month ago. And it, what it does is it traps the heat into the soil, keeps the grass green. So that when the soccer season rolls around, we can eliminate the dormancy period by maybe two months. Wow. So we can, we can being able to manipulate the fields and control the, the environment that the grass grows in can help us extend these, these playing periods. That's exciting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of, a lot of very, little things. Yeah. Very intense. I, yeah. Like not even thinking this, this existed, like. To somebody that doesn't even think about something like that, but yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I I love episodes where we have to know it. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's go into the job. What um, what time do you go in? So on a normal, if I'm working a normal eight-hour day, say in the summer, okay, it's it's rare. Yeah, you just give me a general yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. So I'm showing up. I'm I'm at the shop at seven. I'm sitting down at the table, and it's me, the two other greenskeepers I work with. And then our three upper-level managers. We have, like, a lower-level manager who does a softball. We have a mid-level manager who's the assistant superintendent who does... He takes care of soccer and track. And then we have our upper-level manager who does all the paperwork. And since I work for a university, it's a state school, so we work for the government. So there's lots of numbers that need to be very accurate. So you basically need to dedicate somebody full-time to take care of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So I show up at 7... And do you want me to just walk you through a full day? Well, I just want to know when you start. Let's let's back up just a just a hair. What time do you wake up in the morning? I mean, if it's in the summer, I'm usually up at six. Um, if it's in the winter, I'm up at six thirty. Okay. What what um what's your commute time? How long does it take you to get from home to? I work? mean, so it's on the south side of campus. And I live on the north side of campus. I live just across the street from the school. Okay. So I just, it's a 10-minute walk through campus for me. It's very okay. easy. So morning routine-wise, do you set an alarm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have about six or seven alarms on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the final one is 6 o'clock? The final one is usually around 6.15, but I'm usually up before that one. 
That's okay, usually, that's the that's, that's the, the emergency the one. safety net. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. It's extra loud. Yeah, that's when I turn on the uh, oh, what's it called? The siren. The siren alarm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last ditch effort. Yeah. <laughs> Get up. Um, okay, so just run us through just a real quick idea of your morning routine. You wake up, you hit that final alarm, you're up. Yeah. What are you doing before you're out the door? If I'm up at six, then, you know, I get up. The first thing I do is I, I put, I put all my clothes on, I put my boots on, and then I go out, brush my teeth, and then I go into the kitchen, make a quick oatmeal, grab a banana, sit down on the couch for a little bit, you know, just watch whatever's on the news for maybe 20 minutes, and then I just start walking. Maybe if it's nice out, I'll take my bike. I can sit down for another five or ten minutes. So that's okay. usually about it. Now the walk or the bike to work. Are you listening to anything, or are you just kind of just oh, taking always, them all in? I always got headphones in. What are you listening to? Can oh you, man! Can, general, generally speaking, I what? have been really into '80s, '90s rap, specifically good. West Coast. Good stuff. A lot of Craig Mack, <laughs> um, Orange G. That's usually the morning stuff. Good. For the most part, yeah, I usually kind of. that in the morning. I usually transition to a bit of like electronic, you know, like freeform bass kind of throughout the day. I listen to a lot of. There's like a lot of bass nectar, a lot of liquid stranger, a lot of weird stuff right. uh, throughout the day. Because I get to, I get to, the one of the things I like about my job is not only am I outside, but I get to listen to music all day. Because I'm usually by myself. Nice. And if I'm not by myself, I got somebody who likes to talk. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good. Yeah, that's all sweet. I like that. Okay, so now, now this brings us up to the beginning of your day. So it's seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're there with, um, the, you're sitting at the table with all these other people. Yeah. What What is the next move? Are you just discussing what you do for the day, or how is that? Well, usually we're talking shit about each other because that's just what we do. Um, my bosses love college football. Okay. I cut that out. Um, <laughs> The university that I work for's team is particularly terrible. Okay. We've been to a bowl game in probably about ten years, mm-hmm. so there's always something to complain about. Yeah. Um, so they're always talking about that, um, but we have a little whiteboard right next to the table with a list of things that we need to get to, we need to get done. And um, me and the other greenskeepers are we're all college students, like we're all about to graduate. So um, they see us, you know, they they treat us as if we're in high school, but they give us the um, the freedom to kind of do what we need to do when we need to do they let us call our shots basically so it's like we'll go up to the whiteboard and be like okay we have to do items one through ten we're gonna do four five and six today and then we're gonna do eight once the field dries up okay that kind of stuff so we get we get a pretty good we get to call our own shots which is great I love it but there's always there's always something to do especially in the summer okay so let's just just to keep things concise, let's let's call this day a summer day. Yeah. You you hit that whiteboard, you get everything going. What are some typical things that you're gonna go straight from that to do? So a lot of the things that we do consistently, like two or three times a week, is mowing and painting. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll mow first and then we'll paint. You can't What do you mean by paint? So if you show up to a real graph, so it's like if you go to an artificial field, the lines are always there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the yeah. football field never changes, right? But if you go up to an artificial grass, and that grass is growing, and that paint, every time you cut it, there's a little less paint, right? So you yeah. have to consistently keep painting that. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. So we have to paint, depending on the field, once, twice a week. And um, 
but you can't you gotta cut and then you gotta paint you can't paint and then cut or else that's just you're you're wasting grass you're just wasting it um just just out of my curiosity what is the the painting apparatus like is it something is it a push something it's so heavy oh my god just give me give me his it's a picture give me a description so you got you got bicycle handles okay and you got a brake it looks like somebody sawed off the top of a bike and then put it on like a like a tricycle and there's a big (laughs) five gallon home depot bucket full of paint okay and a loud ass pump that's just like a good summary but i i I get it but like when you squeeze the brake it's not actually a brake it's the it shoots the paint out so you have a little spray paint can on the side that just shoots paint into the ground Hmm. and um the paint is obviously specific for grass but what my boss does is he'll put in a growth regulator. So what it does is it slows down the rate that the, grow- the oh, grass can grow. Oh, just where the paint is. So you have to paint less often because the grass doesn't grow as much. Mm-hmm. So you're not exposing as much of that green surface. It makes sense. Yeah, but this thing is a beater. We've had it for like 15 years, I think. I'm still trying to piece it together. So is it on one wheel? No. So you have, you, you got like, imagine like a little tricycle, but the front wheel is like a little swivel, like a oh, little, okay. like a little shopping cart wheel. I got you. So you have to push up the front and turn it when you want to turn around or anything. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, it doesn't actually, like, turn. It goes really straight, which is great, mm-hmm. which is really good for painting. But the way we'll do it is we'll, so we have this really long, really thin string. It's probably, like, two or three millimeters thick. And what we'll do is we'll have two people stand, one on either end of the field, and we'll make sure the line's straight because there are these, they're kind of, like, these little they're like implanted into the field permanently but they're these little they're just a little bit different color than the grass but to mark the actual exact dimensions of the field yeah so we line the rope up with that because as the grass grows the line kind of shifts a little bit so we'll line that up and then we'll just paint right over that line and then we'll move it to the next line and do that and then we'll rotate it and do the sides and all the inner sides and everything so I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I do have a strange question, though. Is there a level... I mean, I'm sure there's some level of it, but what's the, the training like for you to be the guy that, that <laughs> runs the, the paint tricycle? The training <laughs> involves going to the band field. Okay. The band field, it's bumpy. Nobody cares about it. <laughs> so if you that you could draw a diagonal line across it, and nobody would give a shit. Nice. And the boss is just like, all right, here's a paint machine. Here's my, here's my boy Harry. He's gonna show you what to do. And then Harry goes out there, he sits on the sideline smoking a cigarette, and he's like, Alright, you push it that way, and then you're gonna push back. And you just, you know, after a week or two you kinda get it figured out. I'm glad I asked. Because yeah. I, I wanted a good specific answer like that. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that's your day and you're you're mowing and you're painting. Mm-hmm. How long would that typically take you? I mean, it depends on what I'm mowing, because when we, when we mow soccer, soccer, we have a, a training field, which is a bit wider than the average, like a traditional soccer yeah. game field. Then we have the game field, and then there's this crappy AstroTurf artificial field right next to it, but there's this weird outer layer, so we have to mow the outer layer, too. But I don't know if you guys have ever seen somebody like mow a fairway before. It's very precise. They go slow. They yeah, go very straight. Specific. They pick up the reels, they turn around, they line it up, and then they go again. Like, it takes a while, and my boss likes to do patterns. So it's, like, a little more educated. Like, we'll do checkerboard, or do, like, double U's, or what have you. So, you know, mowing, mowing the soccer complex usually takes about 
two and a half, maybe three hours. If three hours, if I'm doing it. So how <laughs> how intense is one of those patterns to do? Like you, it's it, it just it you just commit it to memory. It it just starts making sense after a while. Like the the checkerboard, you it's it just makes it's so hard to explain. It's like because when you there's these rollers that push the grass one direction, and it actually changes the shade of the grass how you see it because of how the sun's hitting it. Yeah. So like when you see you see those beautiful stripes on a golf course, the grass between the stripes like on the light stripes the grass is folded this way and the dark stripes the grass is folded the other way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same way with the golf course, but you kind of learn how to manipulate that and you can do these intricate patterns as in like a checkerboard or you know you can do giant circles or whatever. So it just depends on what my boss is feeling that day. <laughs> so how how hard is the mower to use to do something like that is it like a you're back and forth to do each checker pattern or? No, no 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 it's actually really easy so every time you you're basically making it pass through the entire field every time mm-hmm. that you cut so it's like you'll go from left to right and you'll have or you'll go from like one side to the other and you'll have one line then you go back and you'll do it the other but when you do that you have a dark line and you have a light line mm-hmm. and you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until you have stripe lines throughout the whole field and then you go then you'll change your direction and you'll go across those lines okay so it's yeah. not okay you're not uh, doing each individual um so what what type of mower are we talking and you can get brand specific if you want yeah so we have we have a really shitty old toro that it's it does it cuts great the reels are really old but they're sharp and that's all that matters runs good i mean we do we do maintenance on it. We do maintenance on almost all the machines every winter. Like this time of year, this is the time of year to bring the mowers into the shop, rip them apart, change all the fluids, figure out where the kinks are, do that kind of stuff. Because our budget's not great since we work for school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of Toros. We have a big John Deere for the IM fields. Um, we have this lady Brenda. She cuts all the IM fields by herself. She will cut. So there's. 13 intramural fields each IM field is about the size of a full-size soccer field she'll cut 13 of those in a day and go through a pack and a half of cigarettes Jesus <laughs> yeah and she'll do it five days a week 52 that's, weeks out of the year it's intense yeah what what are the specifics for the, like the uninitiated like we're talking push mowers we're talking riding mowers we're talking those weird mowers that you kind of stand on two feet on the back of what, what, what do you do they're almost all riding mowers just oh, about okay. we have we have this one for all the fields that we cut with patterns and everything and the iams and everything always a riding mower okay. it's just way more efficient you can get four even five times the width of a push mower you can smoke way more cigarettes exactly it's <laughs> way more efficient especially yeah. for your health but we do have one. We have this one. It's um, it's a little Walkman or a Walker mower. That's what we call it. And it's just you're just. It's like that typical like you see your neighbor, shirtless, big old beer belly, cigar in his mouth, rolling around in the front yard, bouncing up and mm-hmm. down. You know, but he's got the mower right under his feet. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. He's got that. So we use that for edging, because there's some places you can't get you know, a 15 foot wide mower in. Exactly. So you got to put that thing in there. And then the things that that can't get, we bring in a weed whacker. So every, about once or twice a week, we have to go edge everything, which takes about four hours to edge all the whole campus. Yeah. I imagine that would take a little bit longer. Between, between two of us. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's get back to you cutting and painting. Yeah. So it takes three hours. Mm-hmm. Now, that brings us to what, 10 o'clock? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the next move? What, you're, you're done. Yeah. You, you've, you've cut, you've painted. What's, what's, what's next? Well, this is just whatever needs to be done needs to get done. So it's like if I need to go to softball and put the batting nets up, I need to go do that. Okay. If I need to go put chalk down in softball or I need to go rake the field or put down some new warning track or, or whatever, whatever needs to be done, whatever's on that list on the whiteboard has to get done, especially if there's a game day coming up on the weekend. Somebody's got to get out there and do it. Okay, so just for the sake of all-encompassing uh, the, the entire day, give me a rundown of just some standard whiteboard just check marks. Like, what, what, like are we, what are we going to knock out? Yeah. What yeah. Just, just so obviously mowing, there's painting, trimming is a big, those are the big three. Mm-hmm. Those are the three that are almost always on the board. Yes. And then... Um, we trash a lot, so we are in charge of all the trash cans that are in this in the on the field of the stadium, not in the stadium, just on the field of the stadium. Thank God, there's only three yep. of them, not okay. forty. Um, so we have to do that. That usually that only takes like an hour, but we usually milk it a little bit. Mm. Um, so those are yeah, those are the big ones, and then there's a lot of errand running sometimes. Like we need a new tire for the J the JD the John Deere. Um, so we'll have to go run down to Huska's or whatever and have to get that fixed. And, you know, we'll have to take the truck out somewhere and go grab a different part for this, that, or whatever. And, yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's just mowing, trimming, painting, and trashing. Those are the big ones. Okay. So, so for the whiteboard, I was thinking about this since we started it. Does somebody just write that down for you guys, or is it like a group effort? It's It's, for the most part... It's between the superintendent and the assistant super. They're the ones who do most of the writing on that board. But if I, like, for example, if I go out and I'm like, holy crap, somebody just dug a hole in the IMs. Like, this is an example. This doesn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm like, somebody just dug a five-foot trench in the IMs, I'm like, I'm going to go right down the board. Like, we have to, we have to backfill this and seed it, you know? So it's like, it's a collective effort. But my boss, like, my super is the one who goes out once, twice a week, and he does, he surveys everything, and he just mm. makes sure everything is looking good, and you get a second set of eyes on everything, which is great, so, just depends on, like, he, in the end, has a final say, really. Mm. Well, that makes sense, so you get someone in charge of, like, making sure that everything is up to board. What are some of the lesser-known things that would pop up on there, or some <laughs> things that have popped up once that you were like, what? Oh, my god! And we'll get to funny stories, too, so you can yeah, throw them in wherever yeah. you want. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. We've had a couple irrigation leaks, which is very uncommon because we've the irrigation system is it's old, but it hasn't needed maintenance in 20, 30 years. But they knew I had a background in irrigation, so there's this one day there's this big leak on the soccer field, and they brought me out, and they're like, "You need to fix this," and it was like this is like Thanks. this is like nine nine a.m. in the morning. It's summer, so it's at least nice out. I leave at five p.m. that night. Like, I'd, I'd been there for, it was a 10-hour day, and I was just digging this hole, I was trying to find the leak, and I just destroyed this corner, of the, just, just <laughs> absolutely destroyed it, and my, because I'd never dug up, I'd never dug up sports turf before, because, like, when you're digging in residential, you can just kind of, like, you can kind of fuck up their grass, and it's, it's okay, like, you can, you know, because you kind of patch it back together, you give it a couple weeks, and it grows back in, it looks all right, it doesn't, it's not level, but it looks good. Mm-hmm. 
when you're doing that on a soccer field, you're bringing the ruler out, you know, and you're you're cutting exact, you're cutting you're cutting foot squares out at a time, maybe two feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know exactly where everything goes because that field has to be level. Because you're talking about the safety of people's ACLs out there, you know, Absolutely. people yeah, yeah. like people break ankles over this kind of stuff, and um, so I just, you know, I just destroyed this corner. I fixed the leak, thank God, but I, it was just so uneven, and I was just like, yeah, like I did such a good job, like, <laughs> but I'd never done this with sports turf. But they also left me unsupervised, so I didn't know. And my boss comes out the next day. He's so upset. We had to dig the whole thing up and. It's like, what? And he ended up he ended up cracking the pipe when he was digging it up, so we had to fix that too. And the whole corner's just been a, it's been a touchy subject for the last year. But so that's that's some of the lesser seen kind of stuff. Is these irrigation leaks? They hardly ever pop up, but when they do, it's just a shit show. Is there anything non like? I'm trying to think of something like super random. That would have been I'm on trying that to think board. of something that's happened. Like something I mean, crazy. Gosh. I mean, holy like God. I know senior pranks are more of like a high school senior thing, but is anything crazy happened? Like people steal our steal our banners. So like we have these big banners that say like the name of the school and like the mascot and everything, mm-hmm. and we hang them. Like we 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 get like one of those like not like a staple gum, but um, they 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 bend these like metal binds around like the fence. So you can like, I, I hook up a band. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the name of it. Um. But people will come and they will cut out the name and they will just take it and put it in their house. <laughs> and so hey, like, college. Yeah, exactly. So this it was last year, it was like in March, and I noticed, I was like, oh shit, this got cut out. So I go to my super, I'm like, hey man, like the banner got cut out again. It's like, all right, take it down, I'll order another one. I go to a party like two weeks later, hanging, hanging <laughs> in the living room of this guy's house. And I'm like, I was like, oh, like... If I weren't a student, I would say something, but, like, props to you for <laughs> cutting that out. Because that's, like, that shit was, like, Kevlar. Like, that's no, it's not easy to cut through. Like, oh, yes. that dude was there for an hour cutting it out. <laughs> Is it high or up, too? Like, no, no, no. It's, like, a fence that goes, like, it's, like, a seven-foot fence. I, I just picture this dude, like, on 20 feet, 20 <laughs> feet up in the air, like, mm, yeah. it's going to look great at my party. <laughs> yeah, but, no, that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of student vandalism. Just because it, it's you know you're at a college like these kids get drunk and they fuck everything up like that's just like I'm guilty of it. It's just like that's just the reality of it. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um. All right. So, do you, before we get into the end of your day, do you have any like stories that stick out to you? Do you have any particular, um, I don't know, pet peeves? Days that you'll never forget. Things that you can't unsee. I'm just <laughs> trying to think. I have had some cool things happen. Mm, let's go like, with some cool things. It, they're, they're not big, but like like this. It was just in the winter, and I was just like in the winter. I usually show up at nine. Huh. My the the guy who runs the softball facility picks me up because he's he's the he's a step below the assistant super, so he's technically a greenskeeper, but he has a lot more responsibility. So he'll pick me up from, he'll take his cart off campus, pick me up from my house in his cart, which is not allowed. Yeah. We'll go drive around campus for an hour or two, shoot the shit, and then he'll drive me home. <laughs> Clock me until one. But this one time we were driving around, and I found this, this, it was like a brand new box of Adidas. Brand new Adidas box. Mm-hmm. Sambas. 
11 and a half, my exact shoe size. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, do you guys have a lost and found? He was like, hell no, man. I usually just keep it or throw it out. <laughs> and I was like, sick. So now I got a free pair of Sambas. Oh, yeah, what are the chances? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. My so, size, too. <laughs> nice. Thank you. That's when I was like, okay, this is, I'm either keeping these or be a good person, but I was not. So, so I, mean, I mean, that's a sign. So stuff like half, that. So you kidding me? Stuff like that kind of happens sometimes, but I haven't had anything crazy happen. Like, you, like I, I would think that something would have happened because it's at a university, but. Or we did, we, so we did have this event. There's an event every year. Where the students run a mile in their underwear mm-hmm. for charity. Yeah. Everybody just gets drunk and runs around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we do that here. We don't, it's, not, it's, it's nothing to do with schools. Exactly. It's just drunk hipsters. Exactly. So the, I had to work the next day, of course, mm-hmm. after participating. And there's just underwear all over the softball field. So <laughs> whose job was it to pick it up but me? So mm-hmm. there's that kind of stuff sometimes. But. So it's kind of funny, like, we have to touch on this, because I know we talked about it before off podcast, but just everyone's winging it, and it seems like everybody in your whole vicinity is winging it, because okay. like, you, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so there's there's three levels to this. There's one, has their shit together, two, winging it, three, absolutely blowing it, and I could say for a fact that my super is absolutely blowing it (laughs) he's one of those guys who is only at his job for the pension because it's a government job so his retirement's gonna be great but he makes dude makes like 45 50k he's been doing this shit for his whole life Mm -hmm. and um he misallocated like hundreds of thousands of dollars and they (laughs) like everybody lost their ot and like they lost their budget and like it was a total disaster over the summer so just like I like to think these guys are winging it, but I also realize that I am doing a better job than my boss sometimes because I know that I'm like, okay, I don't have to stay here. Hey, yeah, government we, jobs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, exactly I do want to double back a little bit because we kind of glossed over it, but um, when we talk about like the routines of like getting into the job or leaving the job, mm-hmm. you said that, that there's like a clock out type of situation. What is the like, showing up and leaving protocol oh it's so awesome it's like i show up if i'm a cup if i'm like five minutes late like nobody cares if i'm like like is there a physical punch clock no you're just like signing in no someone to be like it's like i show up there's supposed to be like an online sign-in system but it doesn't work with the iphone so i get away with it which is cool nice (laughs) i would buy an iphone (laughs) so you know I, i i go through my day you know sometimes i show up later sometimes i show up earlier whatever and then at the end of the day I get a binder. I have a binder. I write my name. I write what I did. I write when I showed up and I wrote when I leave and I wrote when I took my lunch and everything. And I always just write seven, you know, and my boss is just like, sometimes I'll show up at nine, like in the winter and I'll leave at 11. He's like, all right, just, you know, you showed up at seven today, right? It's like, yeah, he's like, all right, cool. And you're leaving in two hours. And I was like, uh huh. Right. Give him the <laughs> wink and everything. Yeah, and, no doubt. You know, you just write in seven to one and get out of there a little early. What um what is the lunch? Um, because we didn't touch on that at all. Is, is there like a set like, hey, it's it's lunchtime, or you're no, just it's like just it's whenever I get a little free time. In this industry, it's not just this job; it's just the industry. It's like when you you take it when you have the time. Yeah. Especially like when I was in Texas, we'd have four appointments a day. Yeah. Sometimes your first appointment would take you five hours. Other times it'd take you twenty minutes. Okay. So it's 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 it was always just if you could find the time anywhere between twelve and two, you just take it. Because you don't know when you're going to have that opportunity again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of 
a lot of people we've talked to like that. Yeah, so that's it's the yeah. same kind of situation in this job. Are you required to take a lunch? Because I know some some jobs they yeah, it's legally, but they have to. Sometimes, sometimes they're just like. Sometimes I'll just you know I'll be there for four hours because, at least in the West Coast, it's if you work more than five hours, you're required a half an hour lunch, mm-hmm. like an unpaid lunch. Here it's the same, or where I work, it's the same. So it's kind of like. You know, it's like if I'm, if I'm done at like 11 or if I'm done at like 12, I can be like, hey, can I just leave? But you just pay me till 1230. And they're just like, yeah. So I just write it in the book. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. As it's just, as, as long as they're cool. Yeah, no, it's, they're, they're very cool because they also don't give a shit, <laughs> which is the cool part. So, so what particularly are you doing for lunch? What's an average lunch for you? <laughs> so towards the beginning of my job. I'd always bring it lunch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always make a little. And I was, I got really into tuna and like throwing a little jalapenos, some mayo. Well, give me the whole rundown. What are you oh, making? Yeah, what's, what's yeah. a little salt, pepper. Sometimes a little Cajun if I'm feeling it. And then I do, I would do a bag of some like kind of smart chip or whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes if yeah. I was cheaping out, I'd get some Doritos or something. Why? And then I, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I always drink water. Like I only drink water or coffee, really, mm-hmm. or beer. But, um, towards the end of the job, cause I got like, cause when you, when you don't work a lot of hours and you get overpaid, it's really easy to take your money for granted. Yeah. We would go out to eat because there's all these restaurants on campus. There's Panda Express, there's Taco Bell, there's all this kind of stuff. All those so we, staples for college kids. <laughs> exactly. So we would just, we just, like me and the other greenskeepers kind of got into the same mindset and we're like, fuck it, we're going out tonight. Mm-hmm. Or today and then it was like the next day you show up to work you're like okay we're doing it again so that was usually kind of how that went oh that makes sense yeah All but right. it's like when you start a job you want to give a good impression that you're like oh, yeah, good with your money and like <laughs> you're healthy and all this shit and then you kind of realize that everybody's washed up and doesn't give a crap you know, yeah okay. you hit that week too and you're like we're, we're garbage people right we can just eat <laughs> yeah. Taco Bell yeah. and we're fine yeah exactly all right, so at the the end of the day, how do you wrap up in general? Is there a routine or is just you done you're done with the tasks and then it's just like, all right. I'm well, it's on. kind of like if you work if you start at 7, you're done at 3. Okay. Ideally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if like something comes like if you're it's if it's like 2:45 and you have to get something done because there's a game the next day, like you you get it done. Like that's just that's expected of yeah, you, of course. But it's like if it's like 1:30 and they expect you to mow or not mow, that's a bad example, sorry. Mowing's necessary. If they expect you to paint, I mean, you're just going to be like, hey, like, I can do this, but, like, I'm off in a half an hour. I'm supposed to be off in a half an hour. They're like, most of the time, they're just kind of like, just go home, do it tomorrow. It's not a big yeah. deal, which is cool. It's, there's a lot of leniency in that. But it, it just it really just depends on what you're doing that day and what's coming up. Because if there's something that weekend, you're getting as much done as you can. Yeah. Like, if there's a tournament, mm. especially in... The summer, there's so much going on. There's soccer, there's softball, there's... Sometimes you got football camps, like, it's crazy. Oh, you get the whole spectrum in the summertime. Exactly. But um, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, I just want to ask, ask specifically, um, the camaraderie between you and the people you work with, is it generally good? Or you, it's Yeah, I know you mentioned it's a lot of students. Yeah. But um, the, the other people that you work with, is it all generally a good vibe is absolutely good? everybody everybody loves each other like we we all do great 
there's just six of us or six dudes and we just like we shit on each other all the time yeah. but you know it's just what dudes well, do good <laughs> and so there's three students and there's three managers one of them's not technically a manager but we he is treated as a manager because he has the seniority to do so mm-hmm. and um so like when the three of us the three students go out to do a job you know we're always complaining and you know like just it's it feels like a high school job at that point yeah, sometimes it's still kind of fun but when you do do cool stuff it's awesome yeah like um and then but like when the six of us go have to go out and do something like we we are very, we're able to work fast or we're able to work hard we're able to work efficiently it's great so it's it's a lot different than it is in the shop than it is out in the field which is cool but there is you know between like between the stuff that's been going on between the school and our crew like the budget's been cutting a lot there's been a little bit of tension between the super uh, but people have kind of gotten through that and understood because he's been there for so long and they just you know it's kind of hard to manage that kind of stuff at some point but but it still seems generally speaking pretty yeah pretty yeah decent. absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a good time when we take a quick step back too and um do you want to talk about your job that you had in texas for a little while there too because mm-hmm. how much it was just the summer so it was what three months yeah so i got i, I went down there it's actually kind of a funny story so i took the job and i had my finals i got my wisdom teeth out the friday night finals week i drove down to texas saturday morning with my dad my dad i drive the whole way because i was on vicodin and then uh moved in my apartment slept all day sunday and then i was in a truck on monday working but it was really cool it was just they called me down they wanted me to irrigation tech which is basically just being a sprinkler guy and by the end of the summer i was driving my own truck i had my own helper who didn't speak english and we would just go, I'd have four appointments a day. You show up, ask what the problem is, they tell you what it is, you fix it. If you can't finish it that day, you come back the next day, you do it. And you keep going and going, make a little bit of commission. Worked oh, out pretty okay. well. So okay. they gave me a lot of freedom, which was really great. And a uh, very steep learning curve, but once I got over it, it was really easy to maintain. What kind of jobs? Was it the same deal? Or? For them, it wasn't, it's not like I was like mowing and pruning. It was like I was digging holes and I was cutting pipes and like fixing valves, doing a lot of work with well electric. i imagine in texas there's a lot of the irrigation like Absolutely. more so than yeah because it's, it's it's hot year round yeah just about um and these people take for the most part tend to have a bit more money so they're willing to splurge on yeah. landscaping um the business in texas is just so much more dense than it is anywhere else in the u.s mm-hmm. from what i've seen and these people they just want these ridiculous things like i i work for this lady who managed she had this fountain, and I would manage it, and she, it was like this giant pirate ship. It was like 25 <laughs> feet long, and then she had this long. giant skull at the top of the mask, and it was just like throwing up water. Over <laughs> it. it was it was so excessive, but she wanted she wanted me on the, the like to work the clock for it, and it was a it was a Rainbird clock, which is one of our contractors. So it was I like I knew it very well, so I just had to program it. It was really easy, but I was just like, is this? You don't see this shit anywhere else <laughs> in the country, like only in Texas. But um, no, it was really cool. It was a lot of freedom. Learned a lot of Spanish. Just kind of, it was my first real job of like having a lot of freedom and like being responsible for myself, which was great. So yeah, and I imagine that commission bump is is pretty nice. Yeah, it was um, more all the other jobs that I've talked to do not offer the commission rate that that place did. So yeah, it was impressive. Hey, so Texas. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Do you have anything else about the um, the job in general? I was just gonna say it's it's really nice not being micromanaged by somebody. Like yeah. to be, being Absolutely. able to have that freedom is the biggest game changer, at least for me. Yeah. Well, so. and I've always avoided it my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right. Do you have anything to just just to wrap this part up? The um, for I don't know. We talked about it before. The people that want to get into this type of field. Do you have like any some advice? advice? Yeah. Um, learn how to speak Spanish and yes. start working early. That's the biggest thing. Definitely work, working in the summers is huge. It's, it's only, it may only be three or four months out of the summer or out of the year, but those are the most crucial. That's the most crucial time of year to work. And Absolutely. Spanish is such a universal language. Yeah. It's, it's something that employers look for on resumes and it's very, very important, especially in this industry, more so than most others. Yeah. So. No, I've I've worked in a lot of restaurants. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, what what kind of companies are you looking for? So you're telling people to go try to internship somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for like Joe's Landscaping over here, is it? Like, well, yes and what, no, what's but the, cues? the thing is, is to get started in this industry, like you have to dig holes. You got to go out into the yard, and you got to you got to you yeah. got to get sweaty. You got to get nasty. You got to you know get cut up. Like you got to you got to do that. Like you can't manage a team of people who are digging holes without digging a hole yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've learned that's very important. It's like, like you can't, like I've worked for managers who don't know what I do. Like they mm-hmm. don't understand. Like I'll tell them, I'll go and be like, hey, I went to this property. I, re- I replaced valve A, B, and C and rerouted the main line this way. And they'll be like, okay, so we're, what, what, what exactly does a main line do again? Like you can't, as a manager, you can't, miss this stuff you know yeah i can imagine so it's very important to start from the bottom you have to work your way up you have to be versatile you have mm-hmm. to learn how to you have to learn how to you have to learn how to drive a backhoe you have to learn how to repair a backhoe you have to learn how to sharpen your shovel you got to learn how to dig a hole the right way you got to learn how to protect your pipes when you're digging you got to learn how to you got to be an electrician you got to do all this kind of stuff and if you can start early and if you can be efficient at everything if you can just be basic at everything mm-hmm. Like employers would much rather have somebody who's very basically versatile instead of having somebody who's really good at one thing yeah. and can't do anything else. If that makes sense. No, yeah, because that, that you know they'd have to call that one guy in for like one job. And exactly. You know, it's like yeah. the company I worked for this summer. They had a guy who his specific job was just just to repair main lines. Mm. So he was just running around all day, and I'm like, that's not efficient. Like if you train two or three more guys to do this. And then you train him how to do everything else. You're you're fine. Like you don't have to. You're wasting so much gas on that. Like yeah. Like this guy was. This guy was running from like 60, 70 miles away a day, Jeez. for like a main line, and then he'd be running back to the shop. So it was just you know it's inefficient. I did a job like that for about a week where it was just like he, this guy was running around contracting for like stores like retail stores. And I was like you're coming all the way out here for like forty dollars. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah, exactly. So, be good at everything is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, what what kind of places are you looking for? Though? So, would somebody's like just a locally owned landscaping business? Would they do all this kind of stuff? Or so like, every, when you think landscaping, it's just most people think grass. Yeah, no, of course. And and landscaping is a very broad term because it's like you can go down to just landscaping down the street, and he'll be like, "Yeah, I'll cut your yard every week and I'll I'll trim your trees," but that's it. Mm-hmm. Then you go down to Bill's landscaping, he'll be like, 
yeah, I'll put in a new irrigation system for you, but I won't touch your trees. So mm-hmm. it just, everybody's different. It's all very you specific know? to what you're looking for. So it's like when you're inquiring about this kind of stuff, as a either as a customer or as a as a prospect, you have to ask them, like, what do you specialize in? And for me, I'm looking for companies that don't do irrigation because I'm like, I can, I can put something new on the table for you guys, basically. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's very, there's a huge deficit for irrigation technicians nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's so very, one of the things that is, smart to, did that attract you to it? The, the fact that there is a, a need for that, that? That was actually something I found out after the fact. After my I think internship, it's a good fact to put out there, though. Like it is, it is, and it's it's a really cool field. It's really interesting. If you're not afraid of, you know, like a little bit of manual labor and working with some really cool guys who may not speak English, like <laughs> it's it's really interesting. I think it's really cool. It's it's like it's you go to a house and you just solve a big puzzle, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put it like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's just a lot more hard work. The, the work seems very fulfilling, too. I mean, we've talked about well, it like yeah. a couple it's, of times. It's, but like being able to see it, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing was you go to a house, and this lady comes out, and she's upset, and she's like, this is leaking, and my roses died, and I'm so mad, and my husband left me, and you're like, okay, well, I can't fix the last part, but, you know, you're out in your yard for three or four hours, and then you, you come back, and she's crying she's so happy that everything's running and working and it's mm. like it's like it's so little but it means so much to so many people yeah you get to be a hero exactly in like a really weird way i don't know some people don't give a shit but like a lot of like there's, there's <laughs> i just picture someone listening to this and then going into their first job and it's like hey i'm a hero and just some big fat texas command like beat it kid you did your job <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it is but some people like like you open if you open the back of a controller, it's just a bunch of wires. And like it makes sense to me, and it's actually really basic. But like, I'll open a controller and the like somebody be like, "Oh my god!" Like, do you know what you're doing? Is it the red wire or the blue wire? I'm like, um, well, <laughs> I don't know yet. But no, it's 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 not as hard as it sounds. It's just just a big learning curve, and once you get over it, it's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. So, well, good. Yeah. Right. I think that wraps it up nicely. You want to get into some of the fun stuff? Yeah, well, sure. Order? Do we wrap up your day like you just walk home usually? I just, you know, I, I come back to the shop, like tell my boss, I'm like, hey, you got anything else? He's like, nope. I'm like, cool, I'm leaving. He's like, all right. Sign the little binder and <laughs> Nice, and, nice and loose with the time card system. I like yeah, it. Yeah, okay. not very uh, regulated. <clears throat> now, uh, I'm going to run through the, our standard one, but we, we have been workshopping this all week. Okay. So we're getting some new stuff, so I might toss some of these in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is this is my favorite part of everything, just because it it doesn't really pertain to the job. It just like gets people in the your personality. Yeah. Okay. So um, you touched on this already, but uh, what do you have for breakfast? So usually I like ideally if I could have some same thing for every day, I would have oatmeal with almonds and a banana. Like that's ideal. A little, okay. Maybe a little bit of peanut butter in there. Yeah. If I'm balling out, I'll get a burrito. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, all right, I was like, all right, we covered a little bit. Let's yeah. go. Let's yeah, go yeah. A bit There's crazy. a nice little burrito stand on campus that we'll take a little detour to on our way doing our trash route. It's so nice little breakfast burrito. Yeah, all it's right. spicy as shit. So it's great. Nice. Yeah. Authentic. Yeah. Best advice you ever got? Best advice I ever got is be selfish. Okay. It's just put yourself first, especially when it comes to employers. Like, it's like if you if you. For example, somebody that we know that we were just talking to, 
So you're talking to two employers at once, right? Mm-hmm. There's the job you really want, and then there's the job, you know, you, you, you know, you, like you take it if you need it, mm-hmm. right? That job offers you. They're like, hey, like, what do you want? And you're like, okay, cool. But then the job you really want tells you a week later, hey, we want you. If it's best for your career, you drop that job a weekend and you hop over, right? Be selfish. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's something my dad told me. I like another that. I like that a lot. Actually. Another thing he heard. told me is make friends with rich friends. <laughs> also <laughs> that's also advice. great advice. He's a Malcolm Gladwell thing. Isn't that, isn't that part of his, one of his books? <laughs> well, I, mean, there's like, I can't remember how it's worded off the top of my head here, but it's like you are the average of the three or four people you hang out with the most or something like that. Yeah, yeah that it's sounds like about right. Getting it's around those bad. people, yeah. Okay, what um what movie do you think you viewed the most? Pulp Fiction. Oh, good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Mm. Oh, God, probably being really shitty at what I do and everybody hating me. All right. Or snakes. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first one to actually say something like snakes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Dylan on the first episode was... Uh, uh, spiders. Oh, yeah, his Ooh. was just spiders. Yeah. <laughs> and then I made Very one of them on another episode <laughs> for <saying> spiders. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, favorite candy, if you could have any candy in the world. Oh, man. There's these things in South America called Sour Jacks. Mm-hmm. They're like Sour Patch Kids, but they're just like, they're like Sour Patch Kids are just a little too much, a little too sugary. It's not, they're perfectly sour, but it's a little, it just kind of like hurts your teeth a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Sour Jacks are just like perfect. Mm-hmm. So. I've had them. I disagree, but I'll, I'll accept the answer. Yeah, well, I felt the same play at Sour Jacks. <laughs> I my mind that sour shit changed. last night from Japan. That was pretty and crazy. That, that's some of the most sour shit I've ever had yeah. in my life. <laughs> uh, childhood hero. Oh, man. Um, probably Heinz Ward, honestly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't good. know. I was, real, I was way more into football when I was a kid than I am now. But... How long were you here in, uh, in Pittsburgh? Till I was eight. Eight, the, yeah, okay. yeah, and then I moved yeah. to the West Coast. Some formidable years. Yeah. Um, what kind of soap do you use? Soap. Soap. Oh boy, Old Spice. <laughs> but when I am at my parents' house, they always have acts for me, and I make me feel really uncomfortable. But yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you guys running a frat house? Here? Yeah, seriously. Oh, uh, what's the last pic you took on your phone? Oh God, I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> you don't have to show me, but just you know, I gotta, you get an idea. It was my boarding pass for my flight home tomorrow. Okay, Actually. no, that's good. And aside from that, it is a picture of me shoved through a child's window at Sorgles. <laughs> <laughs> um, pet peeve, your biggest pet peeve. Oh, and people chew loud. Show me this wall and choke them out. Oh. <laughs> I'll leave the room. I, I do it all the time. I'm just like, I have to leave. I just get up. I'm too, I'm, I'm too polite to like say something. Yeah, me too. Exactly. I won't say Even anything, but like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta walk away. Even if I'm like close with the person. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I, like, one of my roommates did it last year and it just drove me nuts. But I didn't say anything because I was trying to be a nice person. But I was like, okay, you're going to learn eventually. <laughs> Feel free to tell me. And you, you're you, fine. You, no, no, no. You are fine. The guy well, I lived with is so bad. Like, you thought anybody in this family is bad? No. I'll tell, we'll bring something else up off, off air later. Okay. <laughs> um, what type of music do you like and why? Definitely old school West Coast hip-hop cover that already yeah Why? absolutely it's just you know it's just something i've been listening to it since i was like 14 15 it's just been in my blood like 
like so I, I was super into downhill longboarding when I was a kid like I would race and everything and like that was the music I would put in and it would just get me so pumped and just like so ready to just throw myself down this hill and like hope there's not a car around the corner like that was the stuff I just love to listen to and then I've slowly grown to like more electronic music too and that's just the stuff I like to see live I love to see that stuff in person like that's the stuff that really makes me like so happy in person sweet yeah and on a side note can we talk about your longboarding for a little bit? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I've only seen pictures of you. Yeah. But I was like, gee, he's gonna die. Somebody stop him. <laughs> stop. What's he doing? <laughs> like, so just give me give me into how you got into it, what it was like to get involved God. in doing it on a semi semi professional level, I guess. Amateur is amateur what I level. Consider it. Um I I start. Something that would make me shit my pants. Yeah. You, you did regularly. It was the, uh, the seventh grade wood shop. I made my first longboard. I'd hardly ever stood on a board before. Yeah. Well, you made a you made a fucking longboard. It was the shittiest fucking thing you've ever seen. I don't care. I made it. You see the cutting board my dad made? Yeah. Imagine that, but six feet long. <laughs> with the pattern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with three pieces of wood, not like thirty. Oh. So I made one of those. Bought the trucks online. Screwed them in. Rode around a little bit. Bought a new one like six months later. Rode that around a bit. And then my buddy just comes bursting through my yard. Opens my door. He's like, you have to watch this video. And these guys are putting... They have these little like hockey pucks on their hands. But yeah. they're made out of like cutting board. Like that plastic cutting board material. Yeah. And he's like, you got to watch this video, guys. Like, they're putting their hands down. They're sliding all over the road. It's like, oh, that's sick. So we make these gloves. Like, I go grab some yard gloves that my mom had. I go take one of her old cutting boards. We take a hacksaw to it, cut a little <laughs> circle out, glue it on. And we're like, we're just like sliding all over the road. It was super cool. And then like fast forward to like 11th grade in high school, I'm like traveling with this company to Canada to race. And like, and I have like a suit and everything. And it was crazy. Like Jesus. it just, the, the, it just had escalated so fast. Like, the, the first two years, I was just fucking around in our neighborhood, and then the year after that, I was, like, racing for the first time, and I was, like, it, it just gave me such a rush when I was racing, though, like, just being able to be faster than people and, like, get in a draft and pass and all this shit, like, it was just awesome. It's very That's intense. Awesome, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's super awesome. I've always loved that kind of stuff. Yeah. But give me, just, just so we can move on, what's the quick rundown from that day your buddy shows up to, like, you're in a traveling company? Give me just, just the broad we, strokes of the middle right there. So there's the learning to slide stage. Okay. Then there's the I know how to slide, but I can't stop myself safely stage. Uh-huh. And that, that's, where I, <laughs> that's where you hurt myself, yourself like, the most. Oh, I'm going to get hurt. That's where you hurt yourself the most because you're, you're, very, you're overly confident. Mm. And that's where I got these two scars on the back of my knuckles and basically everything on my elbows <laughs> from, like, one individual fall. And, um... I like, I just like, I just went down this hill I shouldn't have gone down. Yeah. Hurt the shit out of myself. Thought I could slide. Couldn't. And this is uh, just for the record. This is Seattle at the time? Yes. This okay. is, yeah. This is out in Washington. And um, so I get, I'm doing all that. And then you get, and then you, you just get to this point where you're so comfortable. You can go down just about any hill. Whether you go down it fast or not is like one thing, but being able to comfortably go down just about any hill in front of you was really cool. Like I hit this, you hit this point and you're like, I feel comfortable. Like I was driving around with my parents. I'm like, I feel comfortable skating this. Like we were driving up to the mountains or whatever. And I was like, I could skate this. I could skate that, whatever. 
And then you get to the point where you're like, I can skate everything fast. Like, I can push myself on these hills. Mm-hmm. And that's where things really got, like, dangerous. So, a little side note. This is kind of what weaned me off of it. And I realized my life was a little bit more important than skateboarding. <laughs> um, so, we went up to Canada to race probably, oh gosh, like two summers ago. And it was just... It was just a week of just like drinking and skating and it was great and it was super fun. And then like we like wake up early this one morning before a race. The race started at like nine and we woke up at like four or five and we drove up to this neighborhood because it was like super, super well known in Canada. And I won't say the name because I want to protect it. Yeah. You have to be able to respect these spots. That's fair. And um, so we, we go there and we're taking these runs and we're driving the van to the top and you know, we're getting shuttled, which is great. And then... It was one I was like, okay, like I'm gonna take a run and then I'm gonna take a nap before this race. Literally in the first corner, I'm right behind my buddy Brad, and he slides out in the first corner, washes out on the outside corner. This big white truck comes around in the opposite lane. Like we're going to right hand corner. This thing is like a foot from the sidewalk, and um, I just slid right into it. I hit my chest right on the front left bumper. Jesus Christ! Luckily, he was stopped when I hit him. Like, cause he was still though. Like he was in the opposite lane, but he was going slow, which is good. So I slid right into him, and I was just like laying on the ground, and I saw the bumper right above me, and I could feel the wheel like, right, right here on my chest. Like it wasn't like, like right pressing on it, but I was like, if he was two inches forward, I would have lost my ribs. Whew. And I was like, I looked at the sky, and I was just like, oh, you need to fucking grow up, man. <laughs> and um, I finished. I I I just I got up because I was okay. I put my board down. I ran off because I didn't want to deal with the guy. We finished the run. I get in the van. I'm like, okay, I'm done. That's it. Like, I raced to that day, and then I was done. Like, so the, none of these roads that you go on, they're like, they're not private at all. Like, no, these are could just ride. No, we just right? we would go on Google Maps, man. If we saw a bunch of squiggles and it was downhill, like we just drove out there and skated it. And Jesus Christ! Until <laughs> somebody intense. yelled at us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's badass. I gotta, I gotta admit that super badass but like yeah that's that's that that moment that you got lucky yeah but it's like when <laughs> it's like you're a, right. like when you're you know what was that like 13 14 when you start like you're not thinking about these things no you're just trying to go as fast as fucking possible yeah and it was like it wasn't until i was like 20 that i was like i need to fucking stop you know yeah this might not be good long term yeah seriously <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm really glad we went down that digression. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back. I could give you a whole podcast on just that shit, dude. Oh, honestly. we could definitely do <laughs> that. Come back to that we one. could definitely do that. Yeah, man. Um, let's go here. What do we do? Last pick on your phone. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, spicy food? Not spicy food. Big spicy guy. Big spicy. Oh, yeah, we talked about Yeah, we've that. had this conversation yeah. about our Thai food. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. Don't tell the chef I'm white. Yeah, exactly. Ten, ten, ten and don't let them know I'm white. Um, let's see, what's the hardest time you ever laughed? Oh, um, ah, uh, what is that? It's a comedy, it's with it's is it the Andre show? The Eric Andre, the Eric show? Andre. Oh, so Eric Andre. I went out and my friend was she just turned 21 and she had this weed and wine pairing night, mm-hmm. so we got high and drank a little bit of wine. I came home, my roommates are watching this, they're all sober, and I come in, we, I watch an episode, and I'm crying. I am on the floor. I fell off the couch. I'm curled up in a ball and I'm sobbing. And I'm just like, this is the funniest fucking show I've ever seen. 
I watch it sober the next day, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? That, like, I, I can't. That's <laughs> Eric Andre just knows how to tap in that, like, the <laughs> yeah. inside of your brain and make yeah. you lose your mind. Yeah. So that was um, <laughs> that was a trip. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, tipping custom. Tipping custom, twenty percent. Good. If I'm in a foreign country, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, that's in all depends and, uh, on where you are. It was because I was in Peru for a couple months, and it was like some people were telling me it's twenty percent. Some people were telling me you don't tip. Other people telling me it's like thirty percent. So it was like the whole time I stuck to like ten, twenty percent. And then the last month I was just like, fuck it, I'm not tipping. And so I just. <laughs> Who are the people divulging this information though? Who's I don't know. Like, These are not trusted sources. But I was just trying to save a buck, and I was a piece of shit, and I bought it. So the waiter or waitresses were like, "Oh yeah, thirty percent." Yeah. <laughs> Everybody told me something different, so I went for the cheaper option, of course. I went in Peru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said uh, that quite a bit. <laughs> let's see. Um... If someone gave you $1,000 right now, what would you do with it? Oh, boy. Do something stupid. Probably. I'd probably do, I'd probably, like, go skydiving and then buy a ticket to, like, I'd honestly probably just go to Mexico. Huh? And just see how far $1,000 can get me. <laughs> I like, I like that. I like, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Now, on that note, what would you do if, what would your 18-year-old self do with $1,000? <laughs> Go to Mexico, but skate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, favorite vegetable? I like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> One of the few. <laughs> I've, I've just recently started to really appreciate the Brussels sprout, but... I gotta do them right. I gotta do them right. He's right, It's the goddamn hoity-toity restaurants that just nail it. It's and like, they put, like, I nuts. hate these are so good. <laughs> or they put, like, yeah, nuts and shit on them. like, pine mm. nuts going on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you bastards. Making me like that shit. Yeah. Um... All right, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Hopefully owning a business. Fair enough. Hopefully. I'll see. Favorite cocktail? I like an old-fashioned with a rye. No doubt. Excellent yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, what's something you wish you'd learned earlier? <laughs> Start learning Spanish earlier. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. I would, oh, I would have my, my second-grade self like, Spanish, do it now. Being bilingual is such a skill. Like, it's so under... Like, people do not stress how important it is it, until it, it's it too is late. And then important. you're like, oh, If wait. you live in any major city in America... Yeah. Fucking important. Yeah. Or at least, at the bare minimum, if you live, like, helpful. If you live in a city in America, it's important. Mm-hmm. I was four years on German, and I, I only know how to say swear words that they didn't even <laughs> teach me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what kind of toothpaste do you use? Colgate. Right. <laughs> Brand loyal. I like it. Yeah. Um, something you'd change about yourself. Mm-hmm. I wish I was smarter. I probably would have done botany, honestly, if I could hang. I mean, I guess that counts as a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've always, I always wanted to do botany, but I didn't do well in the class, and I was like, yeah, you can't fucking handle a major this it takes a takes a certain type of person it does and i'm not that tight but my uh-huh. girlfriend's smarter than me so i'm expecting i'm just gonna be a stay-at-home dad so. there you go <laughs> get some smart kids you'll be all right word yeah. <laughs> uh childhood celebrity crush oh um oh my god what's her name who played padme in the the in star wars number four or um, one uh, well, uh, i wouldn't know. fuck 
That's you just caught me off guard. We were just What's talking Natalie Portman. Yes. Natalie Dude, Portman. I remember being in a sleepover when I was like six years old with my friends. And I was like, I would marry the shit out of Natalie Portman. <laughs> I'd marry the that's shit. crazy because <laughs> we have such an age difference, and that that's definitely one of my like childhood. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Natalie Portman. Because it's like this, you know, it's like she's one of the only hot girls and one of the only films she were able to watch that age, right? Well, that I had Winona Ryder too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Huge. It's Beetlejuice, Winona Ryder. It's like, God. Yeah, fuck. You make a good point. What are you gonna do? Uh, where are we at here? Uh, if you could do anything, like any job in the world, what would you do? We're talking, Ooh. you don't have to change anything about yourself. You can just do it. Like, you'd have that degree, you'd have that knowledge in, in, you'd have that knowledge, anything in the world. Gosh, I don't even, I've thought about this so many times, and I don't, I've never come up with a good answer, but realistically, just be like, be like a part-time superintendent at like a really good golf course, and I'd like work half the day, and then like golf half the day, and then just like go home at like two. That would be ideal. That's a good answer. I think you're the second person to pick golf. Really? Yeah. I mean, the other one was a, a pro. Oh, <laughs> like shit. A pro, pro golf player. No, you know, I, mean, I just fucking love dirt so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I like dirt. Sleep habits. Do you have any kind of sleeping ritual, anything that helps you get to bed at night? Not not really, I'm just... you one of these motherfuckers that just fucking <laughs> sleeps at the snap of a finger? No, but I know a kid like that. Not I you. know a family like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? I didn't get those jeans either. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, if I'm waking up before 8, I'm trying to be in bed by midnight. Mm-hmm. If My goal is like, if I can shoot between 7 and 9 hours... I'm good. Well, that, that's anything. Yeah, I mean, that's anything more. Anything more or less, and I'm just like, something's fucked up. Like, yeah, I can't you see gotta straight. Get that little window. Or like, like my eating is messed up. Like something, something's up. You know. Yeah. I don't exactly. know what it is, but. All right, but that's I, I always strive for that. That's a personal thing for me. I always ask <laughs> that, so I was like, "You got any advice? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to bed." <laughs> All right. 